Language warning. Naughty words coming your way. Meat pies don't come without risk. First, you have to dodge squirting tomato sauce down your front. Then, when you bite into that flaky pastry, that's where the real danger lies. In the possibility of hot meat dribbling down your chin. Everyone's been burnt by a meat pie. But no one more than Fran Hodgetts. My pies was the first one ever to be in the Northern Territory. My pies was the first one ever to do buffalo and camel and crocodile. It was the first, so it wouldn't matter what, who had, even if they put a pie shop across the road, it wouldn't make any difference, because nobody cooks the same. Even though Fran says it wouldn't matter if someone set up a shop right across the road, it kind of happened, and it kind of did matter. Yes, we've covered World War II. We've told you about Larimer's civil war. It's about time we got to the pie wars. <laughs> Not much else to do in a small town. You may as well fight over pies. What else do you do to kill the time? The pie situation is, um, well, at one stage, everybody in town was making homemade pies. The, the uh, service station, and France and the pub were all making homemade pies. $16, $17 for a pie. And anyone pays that amount of money for pie, they've got rocks in their head. And then Bobby and Carl's daughter took over the pub years ago. She was nice, she was lovely, she made pies. A bit of a clash there, but not not nasty clash. My aunt used to make pies as well, um, so she had her own pies. So normally if we were going to get a pie, we'd go to the roadhouse and get one from my aunt. Or then to mix it up, you'd go to the other end of town and eat another pie from friends. So. Uh, Di used to make the best pies and pasties and sausage rolls here. And one, one of her parsies and pies were a meal. Jeez, and she had everything in the bloody thing. Jeez, they were beautiful. They were beautiful. You, you've got to make them fresh every day. You can't really freeze them. Though. If part of World War II was staged from the veranda of the pub, the pie wars started in Fran's Devonshire Tea House. I'm Kylie Stevenson. And I'm Caroline Graham. And this is Lost in Larimer. If you're driving up the Stuart Highway, you can't miss Franz. There are at least 11 signs out front and more around the side, and a few up the road. All are screaming at you to stop in for a pie. The Tea House is Outback Australia meets Alice in Wonderland. It has an oddball collection of stuffed toys organised in scenes around the garden. Fran's famous in these parts for her buffalo, camel and crocodile pies. And according to the online reviews, her fillings aren't the only thing that's unusual. I think Fran is Basil Fawlty's mother. She scared our six-year-old. We left laughing, though. Was informed we could only have a fresh homemade lamington, although she did have to defrost it. I'm left confused about what is considered fresh now. Friends isn't cheap, but it's one of those experiences you have to have. We're still talking and laughing about it four years later. Please, under no circumstances, leave your dishes on the table. This invokes a severe reprimand. Apparently there are a few other things you can't do. Ask to use the toilet, 
bring your dog, bring your bicycle, or enter the kitchen. You can't order water, you can't have coffee without a Devonshire tea, and there's no FBOS. One TripAdvisor reviewer describes her menu as the Gettysburg Address. There are dozens of items on the sign, but generally it seems Fran decides for you. None of the prices are listed. And curiously, her cafe closes from midday, what you might think of as prime pie eating hours. My mother was a cook, and my sister can cook. People like who like fishing, they like to go out fishing while I like cooking, you know. It was very interesting. Fran is 75 and her eyeliner is suffering a bit in the heat. She's insisted on leaving the fan on, that's what you can hear in the background. She welcomes us warmly, lays out a Devonshire tea and then pulls out her photo album to show us the town's history. It's like a visit with your grandma, except for all the F-bombs. I had Alan, Matt Allen here the other day and I told him, I said, I should have been the fucking detective in this, not you. Fran's got some pretty strong views about the way the search and investigation into Paddy Moriarty's disappearance were conducted. She saw most of it. Her high-set house is directly opposite Paddy's. There's only the highway between them. It's very difficult to give an appreciation until you've actually been to, um, to Larimer, but Paddy lives on the northern end of town and essentially the next uh, place south is, is the tip. That's Matt Allen the detective in charge of the case. The rubbish dump was one of the places the police searched after Paddy went missing. So was a nearby dam and a billabong. They even set out crock traps. Police searched Fran's place too. They, 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 they dumped my septic out. They dumped my septic out, found nothing. They dumped my house out three times, found nothing. They um, Dumb my incinerators out, found nothing. Dumb my shit out, found nothing. They, they, they went through all my my drawers and my... my um, where they went to anything? Yeah. They went through all my personal stuff. They took receipts away. I haven't got them back yet. I got 81 pages of statements. So how does a septuagenarian pie maker end up with a house full of police? Well, it's no secret that Fran and Patty weren't exactly friendly neighbours. We're investigating, um, use the word stouch, um, we can use the word feud, um, that's being subject of investigation. If he has disagreements with people doesn't mean necessarily that they're going to kill him over those disagreements, but it's something that we need to investigate and we need to investigate it thoroughly. So where did the trouble with Fran and Patty start? Like almost everything, there's a bit of disagreement about that. Some say it was kicked off by the pie wars. Others reckon it was to do with a stolen red umbrella. Or maybe a dead wallaby. Or it might have had something to do with a donkey penis. And I, I don't actually know how it started. I've never got down to the bones of it with Patty about how it started. It's just an accepted fact that him and Brian don't get on. And so, yeah. Whatever started the feud between them, it was enough that when Patty disappeared... Initially, a lot of people in town pointed the finger at Fran. They were only suspicious of me because I had trouble with Paddy, you see, for 10 years. Bad trouble. And according to Barry, the publican, the kind of trouble you get in Larimer is pretty different to the kind of trouble you'd find anywhere else. Oh, look, Paddy had uh, thrown a kangaroo under a window probably more than once. If there was a dead kangaroo on the road, he'd throw it over a fence. But I do know once, at one time Paddy uh, 
a donkey uh, got uh, run over uh, that particular night. Paddy uh, went and cut his penis off and threw that up a driveway. And <laughs> And from then on, uh, Fran's pies were called Doggy Dick Pies. <laughs> so Paddy was pretty mean to Fran. Yeah, but I mean, he's a, la he's a larrikin. He, he, he wasn't, like, it was... He'd come back here some days and say things he'd done, and we just couldn't stop laughing, Yeah, you know, really. Paddy also had a stake in the pie wars. He told a national television crew that even his dog wouldn't eat Fran's pies. He also put a sign up on his fence, pointing people towards the pub where they could go to get a real pie. She was tormented by it. He would uh, say of a morning when there's customers coming to her place, if they pull up on Paddy's side of the road, Paddy would go over and talk to him. He would say, now listen, don't go over there. She's going to rob you blind. You can't eat the food, you're going to be sick. And it's uh, a, you know, she's just a dirty old bush pig. Don't go near her. <laughs> and a lot of them wouldn't. <laughs> you can see how that would irritate you. And come to the stage where he couldn't even uh, go past the place without yelling out, you're nothing but a bush pig. You know, this sort of thing, you know. Would she yell stuff back at him? She used to, but she gave up. I'd, I find it really strange that anybody could out-talk Fran, but Paddy won. He did. He had a, he had a buggered. <laughs> it got to a point where she applied for a personal violence order against him. In Catherine Local Court in October 2016, Fran claimed that Paddy poisoned her palm trees, stole her umbrella abused her customers, destroyed her furniture and cut the cord to her security cameras. One night, she says, he put a newspaper cut out of her under her fence, smeared in human faeces. Is it true that he threw a dead kangaroo over here? Yeah, that he done two, two under my kitchen window and one under my bedroom last year. That was before anything happened to him. But I don't, I don't believe in the retaliation. I, re, I believe in, um, um, like, if somebody took one, like, he took one umbrella, each umbrella, then I'll go and buy three. You know, if he poisoned one garden with six pants, I'll buy a dozen. You know? Yeah. I don't believe in retaliation because it goes on and on and on and on. Why was he doing this stuff? No, he doesn't like me. Because Why? Because well, I've got a good business. Jealous. My name is Manny Karoudis and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. In this series, I look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts and early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts. Ultimately, the judge dismissed the case because Fran had no proof Paddy had done any of these things. And in court, Paddy denied all of it. I listened to those court tapes. I can't play them to you, but I can describe them. 
Fran is distressed, close to tears. She repeatedly says she just wants peace and quiet. She says, I just want the mongrel to leave me alone. But Paddy's not the only person Fran has had a restraining order out against. Local police officer Sergeant Thomas Chalk wasn't called into the town very often, but when he was... Of the times we've gone to Larimar, probably 95% of that incidents we've attended involves Fran and her ex-husband. A few years before Fran took Paddy to court, she got a couple of restraining orders against her ex, Bill. And in the court tapes from Paddy's hearing, his lawyer says that some of the claims are remarkably similar to what she once accused Bill of. Other people in town told us it was as if she'd just filed the same paperwork twice, just changing the names. So on the way back from Fran's, we stopped in to see the man everyone calls Billy Lightcan. Bill and Fran have been in Larimer longer than anyone, more than 30 years. And despite this recent turn of events, he has some great memories. Oh, everyone in town got along. It was unreal like that. There were 17 people and three liquor outlets. <laughs> I was a bit hard to stay sober. Bill Hodgetts had mouth cancer a while back and had to have his jaw reconstructed from his hip. He also had part of his tongue cut out, which is why he's not always easy to understand. He's all muscle and bones and tattoos. His hair's neatly combed and like Barry, he also seems to have a daily uniform. Bill's is a blue singlet. And I think last time Kylie was here, did she hear an interesting story about your grandfather? Oh, that was last time. <laughs> really? That's amazing! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my mum said was American Red Indian. Yeah, wow. So how did how did you end up, your family end up over in Australia? Fran and Bill eventually moved into what used to be Larimer's police station and jail, and Bill reckons it was a great home after he'd done some minor renovations. I turned it into a shed. I still got the bars, but um, I sort of pulled the walls out and so I just made it one big shed there's not many people in Australia who'd have an ex-jail as a shed. <laughs> yeah, I even got locked up there once. You did? Yeah, before I ever bought it, was years before. That's right. Bill was once a prisoner of the jail he eventually turned into his own shed. Apparently back in his days as a truckie, he had a few too many drinks one night while he was passing through Larimer and woke up the next morning in a cell. He had no idea how he got there and immediately began panicking about the frozen food in his trailer. <laughs> Fran and Bill used to be very much part of the town. They held barbecues and parties a lot. She cooked in the pub for a long time, well before Barry took over, and people used to shout her gin and squash. Even Fran and Patty were mates at one point. Fran, I don't like. Yeah, but you said you and Fran used to be friends, right? Well, she used to. Well, we did. Yeah. She used to always come to me for beer, didn't she? Yeah. yeah. And she just changed. Yeah, people change. 
Bill told us he hadn't seen their breakup coming. I thought we had a great relationship. Really did until I, when I got to retire. You know, I said, I'm sick of them all over the country, I'm never home. Well, I couldn't put up with you home every day, and that was when I wanted to visit the fans. But actually, no one else in town was that surprised when the couple busted up. They'd all been listening to Bill and Fran fighting for years. They've been fighting forever. Yeah, when we lived in the high house, that's how long ago, every day and every night you'd, you'd hear it uh, carrying on. That's pretty far from the high house to... Oh, yeah, clear as day, though, clear as day. How far do you reckon it is between those two places? Between the high house and the high house? Fair way. High house up there and the high house down here. That's how how the the voices used to carry and used to... Especially her voice. You'd hear it, wouldn't you? Just plain as day. Lenny, Barry, Richard, Carl, Bobby, almost everyone said they'd heard the fighting coming from the old police station. And that's important, because it establishes something that matters a lot for the Paddy investigation. Sound carries in Larimar, and if something loud had happened the night Paddy disappeared, there's a good chance someone would have heard it. Is there anyone in town that you don't get along with, or...? I didn't look this is. <laughs> and that must be hard. You're so you're, you're so close together. Well, I was pissed her off that afternoon. When they split, Fran got the house. She bought Bill out for twenty thousand dollars, and Bill now lives in a caravan at the back of the pub, across the road from her. He says he stays around mostly just to piss her off. Fran can see Bill from her kitchen. She showed us. Yeah, because he, he's over in that caravan, he watches me all the time. Yeah, is it hard being so I know. living so no, close I know, I know, but um, at least I can see where he is. Not that I want to. Which also means Bill had a clear line of sight to Fran's place and Paddy's. And this is important, because what's weird about the Paddy case is that no one saw anything. Not Fran, not Bill, and not the one other person who lived on the north side of town, Owen. Owen is Fran's gardener, and until now, he's avoided Larimer's politics. He's the only one we didn't speak to. All we know is he's around 70 years old and came to Larimer to work for Fran late last year. Oh, poor bugger. But I feel awful. You know why? I'm the one that advertised for him, for a caretaker gardener, and the poor bugger came here, I give him the job, and he's blamed for this. But uh, no, he's a beautiful man, honest. And he doesn't get take any money, wages. He doesn't want any food. He doesn't. All he wanted was a roof over his head for him and his dog. And he's a lovely man. He's as tough as old boots. Apart from Fran, no one in town has met Owen. But that hasn't stopped him falling victim to Larimer's rumour mill. You get, you've got to realise, you see, he's only been here six months, nine months now, eight months now. But when it's happened, he was here four months. And they put the berry and that put the knife in and said that I paid him to knock pay off, which was bullshit. Why would I ruin what I've got here for that across the road? And I said to the coppers here the other day, I said, okay, if you've got fucking something on him, I swore. I said, you fucking take him now. I said, you don't have to come back. No, 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 because you haven't fucking got anything on him. I said, he was here on his boss. I said, I know he was here. We didn't even know he was going for 120 hours. And, um, he was gone five days before we even knew people. Barry never rang me and asked me, did I see Paddy? 
Police say there are no ties between Paddy's disappearance and Owen. There's every chance his only crime was that he was in Larimer at the wrong time. Police included Fran and Owen in their investigations. Fran confirms police took items belonging to both of them, but Detective Sergeant Allen says the search didn't find anything. The team has not seized any evidence at this point to link anything to the disappearance of Paddy, unfortunately. With what I've been through, you've got no idea. Fran's 100 metres away from everything, but very much on the outskirts. She has been for years. She can't go to the pub. There's no one to pick up something from the shops for her. The only people she talks to are tourists and her gardener. And even that's tainted. I get people coming in now asking for patty pies. Um, they're, they're driving past saying murderer, 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 you know, and it's terrible. So we've come full circle, back to the pies. And maybe they don't seem as trivial as they did in the beginning. Because she makes them and then freezes them. And then she puts them in the microwave. You know what stuff's like in the microwave. You pick a pie up and arse falls out of it. And you finish up getting scalded with hot meat. Cookie's right. There's nothing worse than a microwaved pie. But the truth is, there's no good way to reheat pastry. It takes so long for the filling to heat up. By the time it's ready, the edges get burnt. And in a way, maybe that's what happened to Fran. The reason she's been burnt is because she's on the outer. But she's not the only outsider. And this isn't the first unsolved mystery in this area. Most interesting. Murder. Yeah, there was a murder there. Yeah. I don't think they ever... Never been solved, nothing. Yeah, they don't think they ever found out who who done the killing, actually killing. Because you can imagine it'd be pretty easy to get away. The investigation into Paddy Moriarty's disappearance is ongoing. If you travel through Larimar on the 16th of December 2017 or you have any information about Paddy's life or disappearance, please call Crime Stoppers on 1800 333 000. Lost in Larimer is a production of The Australian, made with support from Bond University. It was written and produced by me, Kylie Stevenson and Caroline Graham, and edited by Eric George. Additional research by Ellie Turner, Krista Mathis, Dinushka Ganasakara, Emily Bradfield, Eliza Riley and Chloe Reed. Vocals recorded by Hamish Robertson. For full music credits, see the show notes. You can find all episodes of this series on Apple Podcasts and online at theaustralian.com.au slash podcasts. A troubled young woman. Her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.